Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and The Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy Hellman. hello everyone i hope your holiday season is going well i hope that you are having a good time shopping and finding things that are in stock oh my goodness the supply chain issue Knock on wood, I haven't had a lot of problems with gift buying, but oh my gosh, I'm sort of glad I haven't found the right house right now because the lead times on furniture are so intense. As I was looking around, some houses were actually very well done, even though not particularly to my taste. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to ask the owner if I can buy their furniture with the house because it fits so well. It was obviously considered, maybe even by a designer. And even though it doesn't completely align with my taste, I know I'm not going to be able to get anything for six to nine months, anything that I don't want to buy on Wayfair or Overstock. And so I might as well just purchase this and then later add accessories and some flair to make it represent me. Luckily, none of those have fallen have worked out. They've all fallen through. And the reason I say luckily is because of course you guys know, deep down in the bottom of my heart, I want to pick out every single thing. And I'm one of those instant gratification people. Are you guys like that? Where I just want it to be done and I want it to be done my way. Which generally means I make it happen, by the way. So don't worry, most people are not involved in my uh, whirlwind. But in this climate, you can't make it happen. No matter how much you want that sofa next week, no matter how much you will that bookcase to be here before summer, it's not going to be. So maybe it's better this way, guys. I don't know. All right. Well, we have had so many wonderful questions come in and I want to solve all your problems before the new year. That way you can be kicking off 2022 with confidence and good design. So without further ado, first question. My first question is coming in from Samantha. I guess she goes by Sammy. 
Sammy, who's from Delaware, and she writes, Hi, Betsy. I love the show. I love the courses. I love the book, though I still need to get the latest version. I know. I know. No matter how much I read and watch about interior design, your advice always floats back to the top, remaining my North Star. I just bought a house and I'm starting from scratch. I know you say start by listening to the home itself. That is, figure out the architectural statement. But my home doesn't lead hard in any one way or another. At least, I don't think it does. The kitchen is more traditional, but the home has higher angled ceilings and it's like a ranch, I guess. The only window trim are the bottom sills. The photo contains the seller's furniture and I do plan to paint. Warm hardwood is throughout. This home is a single story and it was built in 2004 in Southern Delaware. The fixtures are traditional and often that gold brass, but the kitchen has brushed nickel. So what do you do when you can't figure out the architectural statement? And should an architectural statement always come before style preferences? Are there exceptions? I'm worried that the strongest statement is more traditional, and I like modern. Though I do like styles with mixed elements like French modern or even a touch of late century mid-modern international-ishness. I am ready for a Betsy Smackdown. I would rather have a cohesive look than a kitschy, discordant mess. Thank you for the amazing resource that is your podcast and your other content offerings. It's been amazing for a budget apartment renter like me. I'm excited to invest what I've learned into my new house, and I am saving up to do your two-room virtual package. All the best, Sammy. P.S. I've been listening for years, but last year was crazy. So if you've answered this question, I'd be happy to sift through your catalog again. I'm almost up to date, but I haven't done 2020 and early 2021. I have a suspicion this may have been a question in, say, 2018-ish, but I can't seem to find it. Please feel free to abbreviate my email if it's too long. Well, first of all, Sammy, it was not too long. And second of all, the details are so important when giving you great advice. I want you to be able to take the information that I'm sharing with you and immediately apply it. So details and pictures are key. Thank you for sending both. Uh, Also, I wanted to bring up one point before I answer your question. You said, I'm sure you've answered this question before. And boy, oh boy, Sammy, are you right? I think I've answered every design question before. I have been on the air for almost seven years. That's right, guys. In March, it will be seven years. And 308 episodes as of this show uh, with multiple questions per most episode means that I've talked about a whole lot of interior design. Everything old is new again, and I am evolving as a designer, and my ideas grow and change. So, of course, the rules in my book, the tenets that I share that are foundational, I don't really change those. I tend to always play by the rules because it's easier for me to do. It gives me a perfect framework, and most of my clients execute the designs I create. I don't personally execute them. So I want them to know with confidence that, yes, this proportion totally makes sense. I know how to do this. I can follow these rules that Betsy's laid out, and I will get the look I'm going for. 
versus doing something wacky that's constantly breaking the rules that I would need to curate personally and I would need to share with them, hey, this is what I'm doing. It's intentional. I did a huge overscale painting above your small buffet for this reason and it looks unusual, but I'm going to balance it with X, Y, Z. No, I'm just going to give them something that makes a lot of sense and looks great and is easy to execute. That's my jam. Everybody has their little niche in the design universe in terms of designers who have a platform, and mine is practical meeting pretty, right? Because for me, I have two young children. I have a dog. I have a cat. I have a husband who's messy. I'm a little messy. And if it's not practical first, it's not going to look pretty for very long. Just put it that way. So I probably have new spins on every question, even if I read it again. I will not remember if I have answered this question because life happens and my memory. I mean, some days I feel like Dory from Finding Dory, Finding Nemo. See, I don't even remember the name of the movie. But um, I'm happy to answer questions again and again. And I think my listeners will get value from new spins or from me saying it a different way. And certainly if they're watching on YouTube, they'll get value from seeing your images and being able to put the ideas together. All right. That being said, let's dig into your question. So as I'm scrolling through your pictures right now, I totally agree with you. The inside of the house is rather nondescript. I don't even think the kitchen cabinets are all that traditional. Sure, they do have a small panel. Sure, they have an arch at the top with the detailing within that panel. But they're not overly ornate. There's not a lot of carving. The backsplash seems pretty simplistic. Even the drawer fronts are just flat. So I would definitely call this transitional much more than traditional. And yes, the baseboard moldings, the trim around the fireplace, that has a little bit of character to it, a little bit more carving than not. But there's nothing ornate, filigreed, intense, overscale. It's all pretty bland. And I mean that in a good way for you because you can really do what you want with the inside of this house. Now, I don't just look at the inside. I also try and look at the exterior, which I cannot see in these pictures. But based on the interior, I think you could take this in any direction. I have a house that was built in 1913. They called it Colonial on the listing. To me, it has like some elements of craftsmen with lots of stained glass, lots of chunky moldings, but it's pretty nondescript. So I designed it how I wanted. And downstairs, it's pretty um, contemporary meets mid-century modern. And in my bedroom, I went totally transitional. In my husband's TV room, we went really contemporary. In my kids' rooms, we weren't really Disney. But anyway, I was able to project whatever I wanted to onto my relatively blank canvas. And I think the same for you. Your canvas is even more blank because I don't see a lot of stained glass pushing you in one color direction. My moldings are super chunky. I think my baseboards are between 8 and 10 inches high. So even that has a look that I need to be thinking about, whereas your baseboards are totally standard. I think you can do whatever you want in here. I think you could take it really traditional. I think you could go French country. I think you could go mid-century modern. 
I don't think you could go modern. Modern being that era from the 50s and 60s that is super lacquered, super clean, Bauhaus, geometric, just because of the paneled doors in here and the small nuances that just aren't that slick. But the world's your oyster otherwise, and that sounds like it completely aligns with what you're wanting to do, Sammy. Now, you may want to consider the kitchens and baths and lean slightly more transitional, but a lot of contemporary furniture these days has curving lines, has softer edges, so it can, even if it's a contemporary piece, not feel so hard, linear, cold, and sterile, right? And I would probably be leaning that way. And I am so excited to hear that you're going to paint because, oh my gosh, this is that rainbow of fruit flavors that I warn people about, right? You have the bright red kitchen that leads into the bright sun yellow open dining room. Then you have this sort of room off of the dining room that's got this kind of acru neutral. I mean, there's just a lot going on and none of it to me is a style. So I think this home is not only open for interpretation, it is begging for interpretation. We need to bring this home some sophistication because right now it's a little all over the place, which I hope means that you got a really great deal on it because, I mean, this person who lived here, I don't know if they enjoyed consignment store shopping and just took anything they saw that was interesting but didn't think about making the space cohesive or if they were just really eclectic and sort of without an anchor. But your job is to bring this space, that anchor, and like I did with my tabula rasa, you can give each room its own flavor, maybe a slightly different style, right, if it's not open to the other rooms. So like my primary bedroom is not open to the living room or really any other room. So I went completely transitional in there, even though I didn't go transitional anywhere else. So these are some tips for you that I hope help when you're designing your space. Let me leave your pictures and go back. Oh yes, I did not touch upon the finishes. So actually looking at your home right now, as I'm seeing the finishes, a lot of them are silver. And if you say that the kitchen also features silver, then I would stick to silver. Now, I do think that the most exciting way to use metal finishes is to do a two-tone finish. And I plan on, when I get my new house, I don't care what it looks like now, I plan on incorporating two-tone metals. The reason is because I think two-tones make it more timeless because all brass, you know, that has a certain look that evokes a certain era that's not always all class. And all silver, which I did in my current home, um, you know, it's just a lot of the same look. So I think it may be more designerly to include a two-tone metal finish. But when I'm doing two-tone metal finishes... I never mix warm and cool metals. So warm metals are brass, gold, things like that. And cool metals are silvers, chromes, things like that. And then the third family is dark metals, dark metals being blacks, wrought irons, things like that. I only mix 
black with cool and black with warm. I never mix warm and cool. That being said, you have a lot of silver metals in here, so you could go ahead and mix black metals in. My tip with that is that you don't just arbitrarily pick some things in black and some things in silver. You intentionally pick a few prominent pieces, just like two to five prominent pieces in the room that are both metal finishes. So maybe it's a floor lamp where, like there's this really cool floor lamp at CB2, where the gold base ombres down to black. So it's this slow fade from this really warm metal to this deep, dark tone. Uh, I would prominently place that floor lamp. I would pick a ceiling fan because I see a lot of ceiling fans in here. So if we have to have a ceiling fan, which is never a designer fave, but if we have to have one, I would look for one that maybe has a two-tone metal finish. So it draws my eye up and I'm immediately merging these metals as I walk in the space. Or I can see that you have an entry fixture opportunity. That's a great place to set the tone to say, hey, this is a two-tone metal space, right? So be thinking about picking at least a few two-tone combined elements to really make the space feel intentional and to make it sing. Sammy, I've solved all your problems. Now you can move in and do whatever the heck you want. Very exciting. I'm looking forward to being able to move in my space and being able to say the exact same thing. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. You've asked for it and we have answered the call. For years you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. All right, let's go to our next question. The next question comes from Ghani. Ghani is writing from Israel and she says, hi, Betsy. Oh my gosh. Well, here we're on the same topic. I know you say not to mix warm and cold metals, but I sure need your advice. Here's my dilemma. We are renovating on a very tight budget. The least expensive faucets are shiny chrome, which I don't really like. To do a burnished nickel is 30% more in price. Brass or bronze are even more expensive. I would love to add some gold brass accents in the light fixtures and cabinet hardware in the kitchen and bathrooms. Can I just ignore the faucets? Like I might ignore a stainless steel appliance. Or do I have to say shiny and chrome everywhere, including lights and hardware? 
What other metals can I add where I have a polished chrome faucet? Thank you, Ghani. Well, Ghani, I'm going to ask you, after hearing the answer to the last question, what can you add to polished chrome? Well, let me clarify something. Of course, we can do black metals, right? But the other thing that we can add to polished chrome is brushed nickel, is pewter. Anything in the cool metal family will do. It does not need to have the same sheen level. So when I have something shiny, like oftentimes in a bathroom, I'm mixing brushed with chrome. So like in my bathroom, for, for instance, right? I have a chrome light fixture above the mirror, but the vanity cabinet below the mirror has brushed hardware for the knobs. Now, in a kitchen faucet, I'm open. You can do chrome. It's going to show a lot of fingerprints. You could do brushed. It's going to not show as many fingerprints and maybe be more in alignment with your style. But to answer your question, hopefully you've solved it for yourself. When I'm working with cool metals, I would not incorporate warm metals. I would incorporate dark metal finishes. They make a lot of faucets that come in a dark metal finish. Yes, you can ignore the stainless steel appliances, but I would not ignore the faucets. So the faucets and the hardware on the cabinetry need to resonate together. And you know I love my two-tone metal finishes. There are some amazing pulls that incorporate both cool metal finishes and black metal finishes. Or if you're listening and you're going for um, dark metal finishes as well as warm metal finishes, there are some amazing pulls that combine those things too. So again, that's a prominently placed piece in the area that's used over and over again, depending on how many handles you have, that can make the whole space make sense if you're choosing to use silver in some areas exclusively and dark metals in other areas exclusively. But again, if your kitchen is open to the other living areas, I want you to look at the door hinges, right? I want you to look at the door knobs. I want you to contemplate the other finishes that are somewhat hard to change out in a home and create your vision from that baseline, right? You really want to be asking yourself, what's the home already doing that either I don't want to change out or I don't have the funds to change out? And how can I interpret that and work with it so it starts to align with my style? Because if you just impose your glam gold style upon this space, it's not going to look chic or sophisticated. And you can make it look chic and sophisticated, even if it's not totally your dream metal finish by choosing things that are really more to your style, even though you've compromised on the metal, right? Ghani, there we go. It seems like we're, I'm trying to think of some alliteration that goes with metal. That means talking. Seems like we're trying to come to a meeting of the minds with our metals. And I think we're getting pretty close. So I hope that inspired you and gave you some good strategies for moving forward as you're designing your home and working on your renovation. All right, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful week. I'll be right back with you next week. Keep those questions coming. I love answering them. You're going to send them to 
well, you're going to head over, excuse me, head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. And guys, if you're wondering what you can get me this holiday season, you're saying, Betsy, I would love to get you a gift. I don't know where you are or how to reach you, but I want you to know that we appreciate you. There's two key ways you can show me some love this holiday season. The first way is to leave a review of our show. Your reviews are what keep our show growing, keep our show visible in front of the eyes of eyes and ears of other listeners. So please go to Stitcher, go to Spotify, go to iTunes and leave us a review. It is so, so helpful. Second way you can help if you're saying, Betsy, I want to double down. I want to really help you this holiday season is you can become a premium member. Premium members not only get an additional bonus episode that's private to them every month, but they get access to my entire archive of previous bonus episodes, which I think is now pushing 70, 75. So head over for as little as $5.99 a month. You can be a premium member, not only supporting the podcast and showing me your love, but also getting some bonus material as well. Do you know a listener who needs to be turned on to our podcast? Do you know a design lover who needs a gift? Well, you can always gift them our online classes or book. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes and give the design lover in your life or give yourself the gift of design. Speaking of giving yourself, I'm feeling a little guilty. But this holiday season, I bought myself a present. I'm not going to wrap it. I just deserve it. I'm going to put it on my counter. I bought myself an espresso machine. (gasps) Anyway, I just had to share because I am feeling a little guilty. The box is in the middle of my living room and I don't want to unwrap it because my husband's going to say, you got yourself a present before Christmas. But, you know, I'm living my best life. And yes, yes, I did. Buy yourself a present this holiday season, and I'll talk to you next week. Are you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends, 
or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.